Hello friends, welcome to another episode of Real Life. I'm Lisa, and today we are going to talk about why we resist change and how we can accept it a little better. This podcast is not intended to replace therapy, counseling, or seeing a psychiatrist. All information is researched and opinions are my own. I am a mental health registered nurse and professional content developer. So let's get into this. Why do we resist change? That's a big question. And more importantly, how can we overcome it? Well, let me tell you a a little bit about myself. First of all, I'm a classic laggard when it comes to adopting new technology. I resist changing any form of technology. I especially hate changing my laptop. For me, it means having to transfer files, export and import my bookmarks and re-log in to the hundreds of sites for most of which I have forgotten the passwords. So resistant am I that I am one of the very few people who still listens to certain audio tracks via my MP3 player called Zen by Creative. Yes, an MP3 player. Just let that sink in for a moment. I am also one of those people who will use a piece of technology until they stop manufacturing or supporting it. Hello to fellow Nokia 3310 users who refused to join the smartphone nation till it became an absolute must. (laughs) So let's talk about resistance to changes uh, on a serious note. At multiple points in our life, we, we have things we want to change, right? Whether it is New Year's resolutions, which I have a podcast on titled Resolutions. Uh, So anyway, whether it's New Year's resolutions, healthy habits, financial goals, we all have things we want to change or improve on, but most of us will find it difficult to make certain changes in our lives. This resistance exists. It it exists because despite knowing that the changes are beneficial to us, we know this and it is still, we have that resistance. Most of us can stand to lose a few pounds, uh, yours truly, Uh, eat better, yours truly again, save more money for a rainy day, or be more active. Yet, there is a part of us that seem to resist. Uh, Many smokers know they should quit smoking, right? Many people who party hard know that they need to cut back on their drinking, right? There are also many who spend beyond their means and know that they should spend less. We resist changes not only to habits, but 
to major life decisions as well. I'll give you a for example. How many people do you know who resisted breaking off a toxic relationship? Some take months, many take years. Would you agree? Knowledge is not the problem. We know what needs to change. And many are also quick to admit that they need to make changes to their lives. Yet, plenty still don't do it. So, why the heck do we resist change? We resist change mostly out of fear of the unknown. Fear of uncertainty in the outcome. But there is more. According to the psychologist, Shaul Oreg, there are four main factors to consider when it comes to change resistance. These four main factors are routine seeking, emotional reaction to imposed change, short-term focus, and cognitive rigidity. Let's talk about the routine seeking. We seek routine because we like certainty over our day and our time. We like to know what we are doing every day, and many of us feel more at ease with predictability than introducing a new element to our day. This is why we like to eat the same breakfasts, why we go to the same restaurants, and some even holiday slash vacation at the same destinations every year. For example, we might be extremely bored with TV watching, but when we try to watch less TV, we don't really know what else to do. Routine feels familiar and comfortable. Change, not so much. Next, the emotional reaction to the imposed change. When we get used to things like our daily routine, it gets easier to do it. Most of us have certain routines and tasks that we carry out in our daily lives and at work and even with our family. We do them every day and the familiarity allows us to plan our day and how we go about our tasks. Once again, routine feels comfortable. Now, uh, when we are asked to change, however, it is usually met with negativity. When someone else creates changes to our routine, we usually see it as an annoyance. And sometimes changes also create stress for us. This is regardless of whether the change is good or bad. For example, in the workplace, we are all notoriously bad when it comes to adopting a new process or adhering to a new regulation or policy or worse, getting used to a new brand of coffee in the pantry. <laughs>
So next, short-term focus. As I mentioned before, with regards to my love-hate relationship with changing technology, I have a short-term focus on change when it comes to new tech. When I am faced with the choice of changing to a new laptop or phone, I will defer it till I absolutely must because all I see is the hassle of the change and not the long-term benefits. Many people also face the same conflict when it comes to lifestyle changes. It's easier to feel the torture of the workout today than the health benefits of a healthier cardiovascular system. Cognitive rigidity. Are you the sort of person who is rigid with your opinions and views? Or perhaps you know someone like that. You just can't change their minds even if the facts are presented to them right under their nose in black and white. Most of us operate under our own worldview and cognitive rigidity stops people making changes because it challenges their belief system. An easy example of this is asking people to change their political or religious views. Need I say more? So how can we overcome this resistance? Build a new routine. Most of the changes we want in life requires consistent effort. Perhaps you want to start a business, write a book, save more money, lose some weight. In all of these changes, one of the first things we need to do is come up with a routine that works for us and gives us that sense of predictability and control that we like. For example, if you wanted to write a book, you wouldn't just write one day and call it a day. You, you would need to find time to write consistently and regularly. To do so, you would set up some kind of a routine so that writing becomes a predictable task rather than an inconvenience every time. You, you would probably set a certain time to write and possibly even the location. Then you might need to change some of your other tasks around that writing routine or incorporate uh, it into your current routine. But either way, you will need to build a new routine, period. Then... Remind yourself of your why and your what. For a sustainable change to occur, you have to change how you feel about it. Uh, you and I are familiar with how painful change seems at first. We want to eat a donut, but have to choose a salad instead. We want to sleep in, but have to choose to get up and ready for the gym. We want to dump our loser boyfriend or girlfriend or significant other, but we are afraid of being alone. Every change hurts at first. 
even those that are good for us. You need to remind yourself of what it is you want from the change. That is your why, my friend. Next, acquire the info you need. Often we revert to the old faithful because we don't have enough information about what the change will entail and the benefits it could bring us. If you need more info to get started, go ask people, find out from books, go online, wherever you prefer to get your info, but get it. Again, like going to the gym, you might feel reluctant to go because you aren't sure how the machines work. Find out online, ask a trainer. Need the science behind weight loss instead of following celebrity diets blindly? Good for you, go get the info. Don't get stuck in the mud because you don't know enough to make a decision or to change your mind. And simplify your choices. When we are pressured to make a choice, say to make a purchase, it is easier to decide when we have fewer choices. More choices leads to paralysis. By analysis, we overanalyze and then nothing. We walk away. Same for changing our habits. If you want to eat healthier, get a few ingredients, not a whole pantry full of ingredients, and then decide what you're going to cook from it. Make one or two small changes at a time and not tackle a whole life overhaul all at once. If you have a million things you need to do, choose a few impactful tasks and concentrate on those. Here's a bonus when it comes to, to overcoming change resistance. One of the things that is not as widely discussed is the identity part. How we see and define ourselves influences how we behave and act. If you saw yourself as a person who is a procrastinator, guess what? You're going to be a procrastinator. However, if the narrative about yourself changes to you as a self-motivated person, you won't really need to rely on others pushing you along. To change how you view yourself, you need to make at least, well, I would say first small changes that you can anchor that identify to your self-concept. So again, to change how you view yourself, you need to make first small changes to anchor that identity to your self-concept. For example, if you see yourself as a procrastinator person and want to become more productive, set a few small goals for you to hit one at a time over a period of time. As you achieve more, you gain confidence in your capabilities. As you become more confident, 
you start to believe you can do what you've set out to do. Finally, the achievement and confidence helps you to become more of who you wish to be. As the saying goes, the only constant in life is change. And like I've said in many other podcasts, if nothing changes, nothing changes. So our lives do not stay the same, but often we stay in a rut knowingly because we resist change. Changes in life can occur from the minutia, like buying a new brand of sliced bread, or it can be major like moving on from a bad relationship. Change is not always beneficial to us, but when initiated by us, I'm going to say that again, change is not always beneficial to us, but when initiated by us, it usually means that we are ready for something new. While change in its novelty stage can be exciting, it can also be scary. Now that you know why we resist change and how we can overcome that resistance, there is simply no reason to be afraid. And I wanted to also add to this that it was written by Ellen Jackson. Uh, She's a psychologist. And uh, her article, she said, change is not an event. It's a psychological experience. That's why it's so difficult. In your head, change is single action that's happening to you. You get promoted, lose a team member, or move move your house. Or it's something you need to make happen, improve your diet, implement a process, or get the kids to tidy their rooms. A simple case of taking action. Action equal reaction, right? Change done. Except it's never that easy, is it? Motivation is an issue. People get angry. We resist, we argue with others and with ourselves. It's hard. Our challenge with change is not because we're obstinate or misguided or difficult. It's because we're human and we need to adapt to change, even the changes we're making ourselves. If you're making changes and want to make the path a little smoother, consider the following reasons why she believes humans hate change. She says it's a shock and we're not ready. Um, She also said if a change is big and unexpected, our first reaction is shock, then denial. It's the emotional equivalent of singing la, 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 la with your fingers in your ears. We carry on as we always have, telling ourselves that nothing has changed denying that we've been told anything about a change, and making excuses. Even if deep down you knew this change was coming, you might still linger in denial for a while until you've worked through some fear and discomfort and wrapped your head around what's happening. 
Then she says, change brings feelings and feelings are uncomfortable. As humans, uh, she says, we're happy and safe in our comfort zone. Push us near the edge and we get anxious. Push us over the edge and we can fall apart completely. Even when we complain about not being happy with the status quo, it doesn't mean we're ready to launch into something different. Not yet. As we grapple with new ideas, new prospects, and new ways of operating, all our feelings come to the fore. We get angry, frustrated, argumentative, and sad. We might welcome the change one day and resist it with all our might the next. Uh, it helps when we're feeling all the feelings to look around and see and know that this is normal and others struggle too. Then we don't know what the future looks like, and that's scary. This is important if you're helping others to change. So change is an emotional road. Uh, we, we have to travel in order to get from where we are now to where we want to be. And that goes into resolutions, too. The road is winding and steep, and it's a daunting one to travel if you don't know the destination. If we trust our guide and know we'll arrive at a safe place, even if we don't know what that looks like yet, we'll brave the unknown with tentative small steps. Next, you're faced with making a change. Get curious. Ask yourself, what am I seeing here? What am I doing? How am I feeling? Where am I or others on the road to change? Are we ready? Am I ready? Am I scared? Am I making progress? Am I leading us carefully along the path? I guess above all, with change, whether it be in your personal life, at work, when you make a resolution, remember, change is a human process, not an event, and some processes just can't be rushed. This is real life. I'm Lisa. Stay well.